Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Heart to Heart Podcast. I'm Bria. And I'm Kim. And today we have a great episode for you all. We are so excited to talk about this. It's very timely. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about celebrities and how they are integral to perpetuating white supremacy Mm -hmm. and keeping those awful things like respectability politics in place. And I'm so excited to get into this. Me too. And we're also going to touch on how celebrities obviously also feed into capitalism. And again, this ultimate impact on Black communities, on Black women, etc. So before we dive in, as always, you can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right. Should we jump in? Let's do it. Okay, so I guess maybe a first baseline statement we should make (laughs) is how celebrity culture is very damaging Mm -hmm. to society as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that's taken me a minute to like accept. And register. Yeah, because, you know, you grow up with this idea of like, these are people you should admire for, you know, whether their talents or their other traits and their success mostly. And, you know, just how they perpetuate capitalism as well as white supremacy and those two things are inextricably linked you Mm -hmm. know with with white supremacy developing and capitalism developing you know black people were the first capital you know so Mm -hmm. things capitalism is inherently racist and you know celebrities they help perpetuate the idea that the american dream exists when in reality it just does not and the fact that we even have people that we you know, are supposed to admire and look up to because they made it, you know, they took their talents and despite their, you know, upbringings, they worked hard and they made it and there's no reason you shouldn't too. But in reality, the odds are always going to be stacked against you. Definitely. And I think also too, they kind of present this idea that like you can make it too and you can do it too, but living in a capitalist society, there's always going to be an exploited class. There's yes. always going to be somebody on the bottom. So we're all never going to achieve this level of success and make all these millions and millions of dollars that these celebrities are you know, trying to suggest because capitalism literally would not allow for that. Um, and I think within celebrity culture as well, People could be like, well, you know, this is like, there's no relevancy towards me. Like, I have no part in it, but we do. Because stan culture is really escapism. And the only way the 99% will ever get a glimpse of the 1%. um, And that really helps us justify capitalism. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that that's a perfect also analogy for capitalism. Like, just Mm -hmm. looking at the relationship between celebrity and fan. You know, like, realistically fans and stands are exploited mm-hmm. you know they're milked for all their worth they're you know they they buy streams they you know not buy streams but they stream music they make posts they give people free marketing you know they're doing the celebrities bidding even if the celebrity didn't even ask mm-hmm. but it's like I think like it shows how they don't really think about how they're being used and I think in a lot of ways us as the 99% don't think about how we're used when we, you know, look at us as like a labor force and things of that nature. And when you look at stands, it's like, they really don't have any grasp on the fact that like these celebrities don't know you. And as much as they say they care about fans, they don't really care. It's all about getting more money in their pocket. And I think Brie and I have made this point in earlier episodes, but 
we all have an influence and impact we can make on that right if we're not giving these people a platform then they're not going to bring in all this money or have all this relevancy or end up accumulating all of this influence and wealth and power but because we are choosing to spend our time looking at all these people whether they're celebrities we like or don't like that is just continuing to bring dollars in their pocket yeah. you know like as much as like Tory Lance has gotten hate I'm sure he's profited from this whole entire wave of people just talking about him and him still you know being somewhat relevant just in terms of like everything that he's done to Meg and just all of that so I think it's really interesting how even if a celebrity is like in turmoil in terms of like having a public image or view they still are probably bringing in so much money because people are still like typing their name into Instagram looking to see what they're doing on Twitter tracking to see what they're up to yeah and like bad publicity like Tory Lanez has is almost better yeah in terms of traffic you know Mm -hmm. and like name recognition which is really sad but yeah, you know, celebrities get a platform from us, so yeah. we're to blame. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow. That is a hard pill to swallow. Because <laughs> you want to just be mad at celebrity culture, but it's like we all play a role in it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be someone that you like and someone that you're like, okay, I'll buy this, whatever. Um, you know, I feel like I try to justify things when, you know, I was buying like Fenty products or whatever. Ooh. I'd be like, well, I actually need that. You know, I didn't just like, buy every single product she has but it was like I actually do need a new foundation she does have a good shade range so I'll buy one I, mm-hmm. I like the lip gloss so I'll buy one but like those are realistically the only things I've ever bought from her I'm not one of the people who's you know but even my small part yeah is still supporting her and still signaling to her that you know her adventures are good mm-hmm. and that they're also like catering and like bringing in black women and other women of color which I think is like her targeted audience And I think this would be a great way to pivot into Rihanna and kind of talk about her. Mm -hmm. Rihanna has also recently just been declared like a billionaire, um, which is a major accomplishment for her. But I think it's brought up a lot of discourse about whether or not we could eat Rihanna too, because (laughs) a lot of people say, you know, we're going to eat these millionaires and billionaires. And a lot of people have brought to the forefront whether that now includes Rihanna. Um, Yeah. And I think that I've just recently seen a little more fire for Rihanna, especially because she's now a billionaire and, you know, um, just billionaires themselves. It's like unequitable when people are starving and don't have basic rights and basic access to things, you know, sure. It's an accomplishment, but like at what cost, mm-hmm. if that makes whose sense. Cost? Yeah. Whose cost? Exactly. Our cost. Yes. At the cost of the fans and the people who have been exploited to support. And of course, there's arguments that celebrities who actually have talents like Rihanna and later we're going to talk about like Beyonce, like obviously they're singers first and foremost. So, you know, they got famous because of talents and, you know, singing, but with that fame, they've kind of, I don't want to say weaponized it, but I guess you can make an argument for saying weaponized. They weaponize their fame in an attempt to get us to buy things that they sell Mm -hmm. apart from music. And um, this YouTuber that I follow, she her name is Tiana on YouTube, T-E-A-N-N-A. I shared with Kim this video she did about Rihanna, and it's titled Rihanna is the cash grab queen in the name of diversity. Mm-hmm. And she went in. She did. She went in. She said what needed to be said. She said what needed to be said because I think that when we look at celebrities, I feel as though Beyonce gets most of the fire for, you know, 
the commodification of blackness and other things but rihanna does the exact same things you know when she with her fenty ventures you know dating asap rocky claiming to be a humanitarian she uses her blackness kind of as a weapon and as a way to be like you can't call me out because i'm doing this all for the name of blackness but it's like the things that you're doing aren't really that great the people you're associating with aren't really that great for black people Mm -hmm. and tiana also made a really great point that even within the fenty skincare line even though they came out with like 40 different shades so you would think that that would like cover all these different skin tones in these shades she was saying that they're still missing shades for black women and yes like I guess somebody can make the argument you're never going to get it fully right the first time but I think the greater point there was that Rihanna still is not doing as much as she can to actually give black women like representation and like a wide color palette to choose from within the makeup industry and in the makeup line so then it almost seems like what she's doing and her products are performative because they're still not matching black women when that's supposed to be the core audience that she's trying to serve. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if she didn't have the makeup line, lingerie line, all this stuff, I don't know if she'd be at this billionaire status at this point. I don't think she would. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And that is fine. Yeah. And also Tiana made the point, um, like, yes, about the makeup, but also about the skincare specifically, like, using black creatives to promote Fenty skin Mm. and claiming as though Fenty skin is for every single person, just as she claimed that makeup is for every single person. But when you make a claim like that, inevitably, that's just untrue. You know, you're never going to have, I don't think you're ever really going to have every single shade for every single person, just like you're not going to be able to cater to every single skin type. Mm -hmm. People have so many different skin issues and, you know, just skin conditions you might be dry with acne or oily with acne or no acne, but you're oily or you're dry and oily here. Like she's never going to be able to, you know, cater to every single person. So Tiana was kind of making that claim. Like she acts as though everything she produces is for mm-hmm. the sake of diversity mm-hmm. and is fulfilling the needs of every diverse person. But in reality, it is a cash grab because you're always going to fall short of that goal. And Mm. the goal is not to cater to every person. The goal is to make money. Yeah. And then I also think that when you use black creatives to then highlight and sponsor your products, it becomes really harder to then critique you Mm -hmm. because people are going to be like, well, she's, you know, putting dollars in black people's pockets. She's like uplifting all these black creatives that traditionally don't have a big black platform because they're black. So I think it, it kind of puts her in this, Uh, side like area of like not being as open to critique and criticism because on the forefront people think that she really is trying to like support the black community to the best of her abilities when in reality she's just using them as another mechanism in this cash grab in her you know eventual rise to being a billionaire Mm -hmm. they're part of that right because they're bringing in all these like women of color these black girls who traditionally might not have like been as receptive to buying the products but because their favorite influencer, because their favorite person is uplifting it and supporting it, now it's like everyone is trying to figure, trying to get something, right? Trying yeah. to see what Fenty Skin is like. And also, I think having a skincare line made by Rihanna is also just like inherently like Ooh, yeah. silly because she has never like been shown to have quote-unquote bad skin Mm. or problematic skin or skin with acne or skin with blemishes she's one of those people that people have always been since her career since she was like 17 she's had nice skin 
You know what I mean? And that's something people have always talked about. So then to make a skincare line and pretend as though Fenty skin is the reason you have clear skin, Mm. that's a lie. Mm -hmm. That's a lie, you know? And like, you know, people are going to buy it because they want to look like you and they want to emulate you. I think that's unfair and taking advantage of a lot of fans. Yeah, I agree. I also think that's super manipulative to make it seem like those skincare products is what is mm-hmm. getting her clear skin. And like you said, it's genetic, right? Like that's a lot of been... skincare. Yes, a lot of good skin is primarily genetics. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's products that you could always use and you could get a good rotation of products in and like have great skin and manage acne and things like that. But 99% is genetics. Every single picture I've ever seen of her and I've, <laughs> you know, like a lot of fan accounts and things come up on my explore page or whatever of a lot of celebrities and they post pictures of her when she was a kid or they post pictures of her when she was a teenager. I've never once seen a picture of her with the blemish. Exactly. And then I think this She did point... not have Fenty skin when she was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a great point. And then I think also to what you're saying about how she's making it seem as if these products were helping her, but then still trying to paint these products as like the thing that is for Black women and doing so much for diversity like it just becomes really problematic at that point because she knows that regardless like people are gonna buy her stuff because they want to have her naturally amazing skin um but she's trying to act like she's serving the black community and doing that and that's just problematic because she's essentially selling like a false product right like Mm -hmm. you're not gonna look like rihanna when you put that foundation on no your skin's not magically gonna be healed because like you put that foundation (laughs) on but you're acting like that this is the cure and that this is secure for all women of color, which is problematic because it never yeah. will be. It never yeah. will be. As, even if those were her intentions, it, it it would never happen. And I think also too, like Rihanna's whole image of like being a humanitarian and caring about diversity and inclusion, like that has become a core facet of like her branding and her imaging. Like Tiana also called this out in her video, but she literally received an award from Harvard for like being their humanitarian of the year or something like that a few years back. So I think we also have to look at like who we're uplifting and who we continue to give these platforms to. Definitely. And also it's just, if you're a humanitarian, we then have to look at the people you surround yourself with. Mm. And currently she's rumored to be dating ASAP Rocky. And even if they aren't dating, they've been friends for years. Um, She also used him as a face for Fenty skin when he's another person who has naturally clear skin and like does not have clear skin because of Fenty. You know, but as Rihanna talks about protect Black women and has been very vocal, especially since, you know, George Floyd, she's been very vocal just about different issues. She's always been vocal about issues that affect, you know, where she's from, you know, um, in the islands. And ASAP Rocky is someone who is honestly very Mm anti-Black and has made comments about dark-skinned women shouldn't wear red lipstick because they look like clowns. And he's made comments about how the Ferguson riots, you know, of like 2014 did not affect him at all because he lives in L.A. And, you know, what yeah, he's out the hood me? life now. He's removed from the hood life. And it's like as a black man from Harlem, how do you feel comfortable saying things like that? And then how does Rihanna feel comfortable surrounding herself with people like that when she's supposed to be Miss Diversity Queen? Mm. Supporting black women, uplifting black women, arrest the police who killed Breonna Taylor. You can't say all those things and then surround yourself with people who are also anti-Black. No, you can't.
I think also as well, like Rihanna is a light-skinned woman, right? So when ASAP Rocky is making those comments about dark-skinned women, like she could, she's probably sitting there and saying, well, that doesn't apply to me. But if you're mm-hmm. really about and for all Black women and protecting Black women, you would call it out and you would not give him a platform. You would not be dating or just be in a close relationship with this man. You would not be making him the face of your skincare line, which is supposed to make all women feel appreciated, especially Black women who have been left out of like makeup and marketing and all this other stuff. It's very contradictory. So then when it's this contradictory, you have to ask yourself, who is this for? And it's not for us. It's for her to contribute to all the millions and millions of dollars that she's bringing in because of these products. Yeah. And like the contradiction of saying you support dark-skinned women and you made this line for dark-skinned women who couldn't find their shades in stores, then to date someone who's talked about those very same dark-skinned women Mm. wearing makeup, that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And I think, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I personally have witnessed this a lot between, you know, everyday women and also celebrity women. I'm sick of women getting with a man and being like, he's not a bad person because he's nice to me and he loves me. But it's like when you're Rihanna and you do have privilege and you do have celebrity, I'm sure he does love you, even though you're a black woman and his dating history has been very white in the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, the fa- like he's made comments disparaging black women and black people as a whole, but it's like, you're an exception to the rule. Your blackness is kind of counteracted by the fact that you're a billionaire. Yeah. And you, you know what I mean? Like, and everyone's also in love with you. And everyone and loves for you. you. And you obviously have like pretty privilege and you have so many things that are working in your favor. And we also have called this out in other episodes, but you can't do this thing of where, well, it's not happening to me. So I'm not going to talk about it. It's yeah. still hurting all black And women. I know he's a good guy. He loves me. <laughs> he's a good guy. He didn't mean those things he said, but it's like, he said what he said. Mm-hmm. And him being in a relationship with you does not erase those comments. Not at all. And you're kind of like doubling down and affirming what he's saying by then making him the face of your line and still giving him a platform, giving him money, giving him now exposure to all these like black women that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So it, she's really like affirming everything he's doing. And honestly. I know this might be a little off topic and we don't have to delve into it, but that behavior of excusing men just because they're nice to you leads to very dangerous things. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think of Nicki Minaj and her husband, Kenneth Petty, Ooh. and how he's a convicted murderer and a convicted like sex offender. Mm-hmm. And I feel it. I get the vibe. This is all alleged. This is all speculation. But I just get the feeling that she's one of those women who's like, he loves me. And he can't. he couldn't have done those things because... He loves me. He had a child with me. He married me. I think that that, like, she's been using that, I feel like, to invalidate the claims of um, Kenneth's victim, Jennifer. And, mm-hmm. like, there's been reports that, you know, Nikki herself has gone out of her way to silence that victim mm-hmm. and has gone out of her way to, like, try to buy off that victim. And it's like, you wouldn't do that if you, like, believed her. Yeah believe the victim so clearly it seems as though it's like well he's my husband he couldn't have possibly done that 15 years ago I know him now he's a good guy and it's like just that line of thinking of excusing men just because they might be nice to you but are awful to other people and possibly violent to other people like that leads to black women protecting abusers Mm -hmm. 
and it's very dangerous and it's like you have to call it out in cases of like Rihanna and ASAP Rocky when it feels as though it's it's less you know less violent or less dangerous but it's like if you don't nip that in the bud it can evolve to dangerous situations right and I also think in both the Nicki Minaj situation and the Rihanna situation they're also in very unique positions because they have so much wealth and influence Mm -hmm. and I think this goes back to just our original theme for this episode about how celebrities uphold these really toxic systems whether they are toxic for women black people etc you know poor people it just goes back to this whole idea that because they have so much influence and power they can uphold these really really toxic systems that people are working on the ground every single day to tear down well said (laughs) very well said i feel like we should go to we have other celebrities to talk about (laughs) we do we gotta we gotta go down the list should we go to beyonce let's go to beyonce okay (laughs) so this episode is definitely very timely because uh as of a few days ago beyonce and jay-z starred in an ad for tiffany and co uh the jewelry company and people have called beyonce out because she is wearing a blood diamond and so, pe- like, Tiffany originally and, you know, other publications and media had framed it as a positive thing because only four women, including Beyonce, have ever been able to touch that diamond and wear it. And Beyonce is the first Black woman to ever wear it. And it's worth, like, millions of dollars. But the history of it is very ugly. And just knowing, you know, the timeline in which that thing was mined, mm-hmm. where it comes from... It's a blood diamond. And the people, you know, who died because of that thing was being mined. It's just like, that's not a celebration that as a Black woman, you're wearing something that, you know, came from Africa and has evil roots in imperialism and colonialism. And, you know, people called her out because the juxtaposition between that and then a project that of such as Black is King and, you know, the Lion King, The Gift and a project that's supposed to be celebrating Blackness. And I think it did, you know, it uplifted Black people and it it did use Black artists and all of that. But I just think that it's a little, it's a little two-faced. Yeah, no, I agree. I think in terms of, you know, the diamond, I mean, that is a direct representation of capitalism and imperialism, right? So it's like you're not considering and taking into account like slavery and all these other things that like contributed to that diamond existing. And so just because you're black and you're creating it around doesn't significantly like give it a new meaning. And maybe that's what Tiffany was trying to do, like in preservation of their whole brand and this special like, you know, diamond and everything like that. Maybe they were like, okay, let's put Beyonce as a face of this. But at the same time, Beyonce's not no victim Mm-mm. in that either because she's still making money off that. She's still profiting off of that. So I think it's just a really toxic um, partnership from both sides. And I don't think you can just suddenly put like pieces and items that are literally representations of colonialism and imperialism on a Black person and then give it a new meaning as if this is like now uplifting Black people, if this is like actually accounting for slavery and actually accounting for like all these like millions of years of oppression and you just can't do that. Exactly. That's not what's going to be accomplished. Exactly. And I think that you might be right. They might have thought that it was like reclaiming the diamond. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like giving it a new life and like 
giving it a, a, a brighter future and like erasing the history of it or whatever. But it's like, what would have been better is like giving that diamond back mm-hmm. or selling it somehow, breaking it down and like giving the country in which it came from like reparations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Like, that would have been a better, a better move. Beyonce being photographed in that diamond does nothing for black people. Nothing. And does nothing for the continent of Africa. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think, again, this also hits this idea of the commodification of Blackness, right? How these pieces and artifacts from Africa are being twisted to uplift a, like, white European, like, fantasies and desires and all these other things and how they're using that to their benefit, right? Like, no, no, like, that diamond is not for us. It was never for us never for us and it, it can't be reclaimed no. and I think that black people have to let this idea go of like we can somehow reclaim capitalism Mm-mm. and like make Mm-mm. it good and make it black you know <laughs> and I think that's also the central theme and what all these celebrities are trying to do right they're trying to act like with their newfound wealth they can somehow turn the tide and create equality and it's like no because unless you're giving away like all of your assets which nobody is really doing Mm -mm. that's not going to be accomplished so it doesn't really matter how many black people become billionaires it's about how is this wealth being redistributed and by you wearing the diamond nothing's being redistributed nothing's being redistributed nothing's happening from that (laughs) nobody feels uplifted from that i don't at least i don't i don't (laughs) it was a cute picture you know that Aretha Franklin meme? It's like beautiful gowns, great gowns. <laughs> that's 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 all I have to say about that. Like it's very surface level, right? And then also the ad was also problematic because <laughs> they were photographed with like an unseen, never before seen um, Basquiat painting. Oh my and I was gosh. like, where were they hoarding this thing the whole time? <laughs> Sell that thing too. <laughs> and they were like, do we think that like Basquiat would have wanted this? He's not even dead, is he? I don't even know. I don't think he's... I don't. I think he's still alive, but it's like, does he want his paintings hoarded and then used for this crazy blood diamond ad? <laughs> like, is this what he wants? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I think that all these companies and all these brands are just trying to use Blackness to their benefit. And yeah. I think all these Black celebrities that are partners are also benefiting. So it's a yeah. really, really toxic partnership. And especially, as we said before, when all these people have these huge fan bases, they could really get away with it. Like, yes, there's pushback, but the fact that they're still producing ads like this and still doing stuff means that there's a call for it, there's a need for it. They're obviously getting a lot of traction and revenue on their websites from it, so it's going to continue. And it clearly means that the criticism is not getting through enough. No, it's not over... It's not overpowering. Because honestly, you know, despite what I just previously said about Black is King, you know, really trying to celebrate Blackness, that can also be argued to be a commodification of Blackness, Mm -hmm. you know, and using Black images and things to, you know, to sell, to sell stuff. And like, while I think it was a valiant effort, and I think, you know, the images were different than the images we usually see of Blackness, you know? There was a story told of loss, but also of like, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes. And I think that the imagery and stuff was really beautiful and things that we haven't seen, you know, with Black people in media before. But again, people can argue that it was commodification of Black culture and also specifically culture, like African culture, Nigerian culture, Ghanaian Mm -hmm. culture, like, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think that 
it's to each its own, but I understand if people consider that just like the diamond-esque modification of Blackness. Definitely. Definitely. And then I think, like, one of the last celebrities you want to hit on, and this will be interesting because this is not a Black celebrity, is the infamous Kim Kardashian. Mm. And just her entire branding and imaging, which has so closely portrayed Blackness and Black culture and how she has risen to the ranks in doing that and also has managed to take elements of Blackness, kind of literally wear it, whether it's like the boxer braids or whatever it is. And the body. And the body. body. But still somehow Black women are seen as ugly or like can't match up to the same trends and styles that like we created. Yeah. Like somehow Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family as a whole has been able to like, cherry pick the things of blackness that they like Mm -hmm. put it on themselves and repackage it and sell it but because they are white it sells in a different way that it would if it was a black woman it gets more reach it gets better reach it gets better reception because they somehow i don't even know the word they somehow make it more classy Mm -hmm. allegedly they somehow make it more fashionable they somehow make it palatable palatable and, you know, but if it's a Black woman or a Black person, it's ugly, it's ratchet, it's ghetto. And it's just, you know, you still see laws today that are finally coming down about Black kids being able to wear hairstyles mm-hmm. in school. The Crown it's Act. Like, right. Yeah, the Crown Act. But Kim Kardashian was able to wear box braids and yeah. wear cornrows. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I know this has been talked about a lot, but I think it's it's so important to mention and call out that especially with white celebrities, they get away with a lot in terms of taking parts of Black culture. Even them, quote unquote, taking Black men Mm. and solely dating Black men. So that their children could look some type of way. Except, I guess, Courtney. Yeah. With Scott. Right. But basically every other sister. And even Rob dated Black China. They, like, want a closer proximity mm-hmm. to Blackness. And I think they know that Blackness sells. Yes. That's, that's the bottom line here. That, this is, like, the reoccurring thing. Blackness sells. Anything relating to do it, Blackness sells. Whether you're Black or White. Seen, right, because it's seen as cool. It's seen as, like, the most trendy thing. And I think for her and her sisters to remain on top, being able to have some type of Black proximity is, like, really helping their brand. Especially when people look at them as, like, conventionally, like, attractive women and all this other stuff. When they also add in these elements of blackness, that's like, wow, they're untouchable. Like, these are the most beautiful women. We're untouchable. Yeah. And I think the blackness is what has made them stick around so long. Oh, definitely. Because they do not have talents like Rihanna or Beyonce or other celebrities who might sell blackness, but they first and foremost do have like a talent. Mm -hmm. You know, Kim Kardashian does not have a talent. So the blackness is what solidified her and made people look at her and made her cool. Because first she got a look from Paris Hilton and that's why she was close to fame. Mm -hmm. But she knew she needed something and she needed something quickly. So, you know, it was Rage A and blackness and And the body and that just stuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And who she built like. Ooh. Black women. Black women. 
And I mean, that's like what she's known for, right? Like that's all she's her known body. For. And so, and like that's all, all, all of for. the products she's created are somehow relating to like her looks, right? Like, I think she has her own skincare and like makeup line, but then she also has skims. Obviously yes. people buy skims with the intention to want like her curves and to look the way she does. So it's just like you're profiting off of all of this. Yes. And, and then, solely profiting off of it. Yes. Because when even if you look at someone again like Nicki Minaj, yes, you could argue like she has the same body as like Kim Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? Like they both bought the butts. But Nicki Minaj, first and foremost, has talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just different. She might be selling you image and she's selling you the butt and the sex appeal, but she, it's coupled with music. Mm-hmm. So it's completely different than Kim Kardashian. She literally is selling the butt and that's it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just really, really wrapping this up, it is so important that we consider who we're giving a platform to and really doing a critical analysis on our favorite little celebrities and seeing how they're perpetuating capitalism, white supremacy, anti-blackness, etc. Because at the end of the day, if we were not giving these people attention, if we were not uplifting them every single day, they would not have the influence and power to do what they're doing. So we can play a role and we really should because it's really getting to a point where it's extremely toxic and it's not helping us reach racial progress or equity or literally anything of the sorts. Absolutely. And I'm just curious to see what a world without celebrities even looks like. Mm. Think of how much less product would be sold. The consumption Think of how the market would crash Mm. if we no longer bought anything a celebrity sold us. It'd be interesting to do an analysis of that and then like the decrease in like consumption and how that would affect the environment, especially when we're literally in a climate crisis. Yeah. Oof. Somebody do that. Somebody make that their thesis. (laughs) Somebody make that a thesis. PhD. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm Wow. Wow. Thank you all for listening. We are coming at you next week with another great episode. And you'll just have to tune in to see what it's about. (laughs) Yes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.